for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. Uh, we're near the end of the Gospel of Matthew in today's passage. And the next few chapters are all stories that lead to the capture and the eventual death of Jesus Christ. I think it's fitting for us because even for us, uh, Easter is not too far away. A uh, little over a week, we'll once again be remembering and retracing the steps of Jesus uh, that lead to the cross, uh, but also celebrating and remembering His uh, glorious resurrection that comes afterwards. Uh, so today's passage is actually about a very special preparation. It's about how to prepare uh, for that moment when Jesus is supposed to die for us and to be resurrected for us as well. Uh, so as we read these words today, uh, let us ask ourselves, you know, what can we do right now in our life? I uh, grant they were 2,000 years plus removed from Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, but still, what can we do right now in this moment to prepare for what is to come? Uh, so join me in reading today's passage. Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 16. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Today's passage, it begins like this. It says, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, uh, as you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. You know, the passage, it begins with these words of Jesus. It's actually the fourth and final time uh, that Jesus will predict his arrest and what is to come afterwards uh, in this Gospel of Matthew. You know, throughout this passage, we actually read about many, many different people that come in 
uh, many different characters that are part of this story. Uh, we have the chief priests and the leaders. Uh, they're conspiring with the high priest Caiaphas. We finally get a name to this person. Uh, you know, historically, Caiaphas was the high priest during that time. Uh, he was the son-in-law of Annas, who was the high priest before him. Uh, but historically, even outside of the Bible, uh, we see that they were actually very wicked people. Uh, the nickname for Caiaphas was actually wicked priest. You say wicked priest on the streets, and everybody knew that you're talking about Caiaphas. Uh, other than these group of people, we also have Mary, and then we also have Judas, the disciple as well. You know, all of these people, all of these different types of people, uh, they have seen what Jesus had done uh, throughout his ministry. Uh, they witnessed his miracles. They heard his teachings. Uh, Mary and Judas had front rows uh, to everything Jesus. They have full access, especially Judas uh, being one of the 12 main disciples. And yet, they all responded to Jesus in very different ways. Uh, even though they saw Jesus and witnessed everything that he did, they all responded in totally different ways. Uh, how can that be? Why? What's the reason for that? Uh, you know, I'm a pastor, so it's a little different, but I used to be very cynical. I used to be very skeptical, uh, just person by nature. Uh, even when I was younger, I never believed in Santa Claus. I was like the only one in my uh, grade school that never believed in Santa Claus. Uh, I never believed in like magic tricks and magic shows. I questioned everything inside my head. I asked, no, that's not possible. There has to be another explanation for all this. Yet, I like to think that if I were one of these leaders, uh, these chief priests and these you know, teachers of the law, and I constantly saw what Jesus was doing, that I would believe in him. And cynical and skeptical as I may be, uh, seeing all of that day in and day out, I would like to think that I would actually believe in him. Uh, maybe not as the son of God, but at the very least, I would see Jesus to be a very loving, caring, and very powerful teacher. And yet, out of all these people that come out in today's passage, there's only one person that responded to Jesus in the correct way. Everyone else, they chose to respond with anger, with hate, with betrayal, but one person responded in the correct way. It shows us today that it's actually not enough to know about Jesus. Uh, it's not enough for us to know about his deeds and his teachings. It's even not enough for us to be able to stand in his presence. And the most important thing is actually for us to be able to believe and be able to respond with faith in our very lives. You know, we have Judas, we have the leaders, we have the high priest Caiaphas. Uh, they had the same problem with Jesus. You know, they saw Jesus not as who he was, uh, but they saw Jesus only according to their limited perspective and their own standards. Uh, they saw Jesus according to their own will, according to their own very, very myopic way of looking at things. You know, for them, for the leaders, uh, he was taking away their influence. He was taking away their power. Uh, he was questioning their teachings, uh, exposing their lies and their hypocrisy. Uh, so instead of seeing him as the Messiah, as the promised one, you know, if anything, they should have been in the best position to know that Jesus was the Messiah because you know, they're experts in Scripture. They know everything about Scripture. They see Jesus as fulfilling every moment, and yet they fail to recognize Jesus as who he was. Instead, they saw him as a threat, and they conspired together to kill him, uh, to be able to protect what little they had. They were willing to kill the Messiah. You know, there's a thought 
that somehow that our faith is somehow going to be able to change us in a way that we need to sacrifice, uh, that we need to give up too much if we have faith. Uh, but that's a wrong way of thinking. You know, if we have faith, we think that we need to give up too much of ourselves. We need to change too much. We need to sacrifice who we are. But if we have faith like that, we're no different than having the faith of these leaders and these high priests as well. You know, Judas, even though he was a disciple, he acted very similarly to them. Uh, in his mind, following Jesus meant his own personal glory. Uh, but he realized the longer that he stood with Jesus, the longer he ate with Jesus, the longer he walked along with Jesus, uh, he realized that Jesus was a king, but just not the type of king that he wanted Jesus to be. Uh, Jesus was a servant king. Jesus was a humble king, unlike anything of this world. And he knew that Jesus was not going to change. So what did Jesus, uh, Judas do? He allowed his own greed, his own disappointment, his own anger fester in his heart. You know, so much so that he became willing to betray the man that he promised to serve. He was willing to betray the man that he spent so much time with. Uh, yet, out of all of these different people, Mary was the one person that acted differently. Uh, she saw Jesus not like the rest of the world saw Jesus, uh, not as a way to gain something, uh, not as a way, a person that was taking away their influence, uh, but instead, she saw Jesus for who he truly was, uh, one that was worthy of worship, uh, worthy of offering. And it did not pain her one little bit to be able to anoint the king and offer him everything that she had, even the best of what she had. In this case, a very expensive bottle of perfume. She was willing to lay down at his feet, uh, to worship him, and to be able to pour out this perfume all over his head and even at his feet and prepare him, uh, perhaps unknowingly, but prepare him for the burial that was to come. So the question that I want to ask everyone here today is, how do you see Jesus? Uh, do you see Jesus as the way that the high priest sees Jesus, as someone that's forcing you to sacrifice something? Do you see Jesus the way that Judas is seeing Jesus as someone that's supposed to give you so much but is unwilling to do so? Or are you seeing Jesus the way that we're supposed to, just like Mary, uh, as someone that we have to serve, someone that we need to follow, someone that we need to offer everything that we have, and someone that we need to surrender daily to? Jesus begins today's passage uh, with very somber news of what is to come. You know, and yet, even as others in power are conspiring against him, uh, even though one of his closest followers is about to betray him, and even though that the end was looking near for him, and even in the face of impending death, uh, we actually see that Jesus was in total control of everything. You know, in the world's eyes, it was terrible news for Jesus and his followers, uh, but for Jesus, it showed that he was in control of everything, that he was still God incarnate. He was still God with us. I pray that everyone here today, as we remember these words, as we read these words, uh, whatever may be happening in your life, whatever circumstances that you find yourself, whatever uh, bad news that you might be holding in your hearts, uh, remember, especially during the season of Lent, uh, that still Jesus is in control. No matter what is happening, Jesus is always in control 
And all we have to do is to believe in him and to trust our lives to him. Let us all pray. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you once again for giving us these precious words. Uh, we pray, Lord Father God, that as we read these words, uh, that these words convict our hearts and lead us to true transformation. That we be able to reflect on the contents of our hearts today. Uh, that we're not looking towards you as someone that could give us stuff or someone that is forcing us to give up something, uh, but instead I'll be able to see you for exactly who you are, that you are God incarnate, that you are Christ, uh, that you are our Messiah, the promised one, our Lord and Savior and friend. Pray, Lord Father God, today with all that we have, that we may be able to do as Mary did and just be able to surrender at your feet and worship you. Lord, we thank you and we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing your soul, lifting your burden and stepping in closer.